Hello, hello, everyone. Check it out. You are probably listening to this with your ears and not watching the YouTube, but maybe you are watching us. You better the be. The digital version, the visual version has me fla- flapping my wings like a hawk. Yeah, Can you like the Happy it, Hands Club. Yes, just like the Happy Hands Club. My hands are getting tired, so it's just like kind of like <laughs> flopping around now. It's quite disturbing, quite disturbing. Well, if you're still listening after all of that, <laughs> first of all, thank you. And welcome to Spilled Popcorn, sister podcast, child podcast, parent-child podcast of Popcorn for Breakfast. You're listening on the same channel show, so you know who we are. You've been here before. And we're glad you're stopping by again. We are here to bring you the latest and greatest in the streaming MCU of TV shows. We are talking about Hawkeye. Hawkeye! Couldn't get my H out there. We are deeply, deeply indebted into this series. Episode 3. Your co-hosts on the show, Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld. You're also equally talented and beautiful co-hosts on this show, Cam Wiggs. What's up? And me. I'm Kirk. Kirk Doolin. Cam, we predicted lots of stuff last week. We uh, did. Or like three days ago. Um, tell me, what are some of your favorite things that you predicted? I think the, I think Kingpin, you know, I'm feeling pretty strong about that. I mean, that was sort of a layup, you know, uh, in general. I think, I mean, we'll get into it, but there's some heavy, heavy nods to Kingpin in this, in this episode. So the whole, you know, we get Maya Lopez. She's she's Echo. She's you know the the sort of adopted daughter of of Kingpin. We you know we predicted that Kingpin would appear. I thought it was going to be much later. Um, we can argue whether or not it's him in this because we don't see him. We we hear him and we see a hand. So we'll talk about it. But that I'm feeling great about that. And. You know, we, we talked a little bit about Spider-Man No Way Home and how the final episode of this series strategically takes place, like, or will air five days after No Way Home hits theaters. Yes. So, you know, I'm starting to lean into the Daredevil thing because I really I really do strongly feel like Matt Murdock, will, you know, will appear in No Way Home. We had the news late last night with Kevin Feige confirming to comicbook.com with his words that Charlie Cox is the MCU daredevil. It's the first time anyone has confirmed it and it's coming from Feige himself. So he wouldn't do that if there wasn't something imminent, you know? And and so obviously no way home, very imminent, but the Hawkeye finale is right there too. And, and we'll get into it today, but there are heavy, heavy, heavy daredevil defenders type, uh, tie-ins with with these characters, so it'll be interesting. Yes, yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll talk about it in the crumbs. So let's just stop right there, pump the brakes, and chat about this episode, episode three of Hawkeye, now streaming on Disney Plus. If you don't have Disney Plus or you're not hacked into your brother-in-law's account, well then, what's wrong with you, and what are you doing with your life? Just go That's ask for that password right now, right now, and then come back and listen to us. This episode has heart, it has humor, and it has hand-to-hand combat my three favorite things cameron my three favorite things the three h's of (laughs) (laughs) as we say in the base (laughs) yes yes i don't know Uh, why that tickled me so much but it did (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I'm just going to come up with all the H words uh, for the rest of this uh, this little series here. So we open with the background of Maya and her father. We immediately, immediately get catapulted into her world and how she sees the world mm-hmm. um, because she is a, uh, a hearing impaired, a deaf child uh, trying to fit in. And she has probably the most incredibly loving father, um, even though he is involved in the mafia. Now, we don't know why he is. He could have been tricked into it, Um, but it's very clear he is in the mafia with Kingpin. Why do we know it's Kingpin? At one point, she's in karate class. He says, hey, I got to go. Uncle's going to take you home. And it's this man all in black, like eight feet tall. Um, And in Daredevil, we see him in a black suit for at least the first season. It's his color. It's his color, man. It's his color in the comics. It's black on black on black, black suit, black shirt, black tie. That's that's the Kingpin uniform, man. That's right. That's right. And then it switches to white later on, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, it goes, yeah, he wears white. He, he's a businessman after all, so he can't be murdered out all the time. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's white shirts, but I mean, generally we're talking a black suit. And clearly whenever he reaches his hand down, you see, you know, the cuff of a black, a black suit jacket, a large burly hand and a deep voice. I mean, it's, the signs are all there. It's everything but confirmation. That's right. I mean, that is his laugh. And why else would they not show us who Uncle is? Yep. Like, it's clear. Because then Maya grows up still in the flashback sequence. She grows up to kind of relatively her age that we find her uh, as the previous episode ends. And um, she rolls up to her father's shop or the boxing place or whatever it might be. And she suddenly feels that something is wrong and she sees lots of commotion inside and she sees blood splatter on the windows and that we clearly see that this is Ronan, AKA Jeremy Renner as uh, AKA Clint Barton, AKA Hawkeye murdering this entire group of people yeah. inside, inside this building. Uh, very graphic. If you have younger kids that are into the MCU, be careful, be careful. on this. Surprisingly scene. graphic for the MCU. Yeah. Blood splatter yeah. on, on the glass windows. I mean, you don't see anybody, get killed per se, but we don't see a ton of blood in the MCU. This was, this was interesting. Yeah. The last, um, uh, just super graphic scene like this was in Falcon and the winter soldier. Yes. Uh, when, when some bad guys just get owned by the shield, uh, by Mr. Walker, you know, so it's nuts. So we see, then we, we cut back to what's going on. Hawkeye <laughs> and Kate Bishop are tied to these little, these little, uh, like quarter, <laughs> toys that you find at the back of Walmart, but we're in an abandoned KB toys. Cameron, did you ever go to a KB toy store when you were a kid? Oh, heck yes, dude. (laughs) That was was Lituation Station back in the day, KB toys. I feel like, I think they might still have those in like Canada and stuff like that, so... Maybe that's where this was shot. I don't know, but yes, KB toys for the win, for sure. It's so good. If you don't know KB toys, you're missing out. I really hope that this reboots them because... I mean, you have Toys R Us, but KB Toys had its own flair. I don't it know. Did. It was just it did. It was smaller. Special. It was smaller, more intimate, more toys per capita than Toys R Us. <laughs> That's right. Higher quality toys. <laughs> like they weren't just going for every brand. They were just going for the best toys. That's, That's right. what it was about. That's what it was about. So hand to hand combat. You know, they break out. Uh, they're running around in there. Uh, Clint gets his his hearing aid just bashed, smashed to pieces. So then you have a little bit of so of parallels between him and Maya. 
he's going through uh, trying to figure out how to walk through his day without being able to hear, uh, which is really wonderful and insightful. Um, and then we get some glimpses into the Pym Arrows uh, in this incredible <laughs> f- fight scene, this incredible car scene. Cam, what do you think about the car scene, the camera work in the car? I love the camera work. There's one part in the in the chase scene where the camera appears to be on some sort of gyroscopic rotating uh, situation, and it does full 360s around, and it's like a one-shot, no-cuts type situation where you're seeing what's going on behind the car, then you're seeing uh, Kate and Clint interacting in the front seat, and then back to what's happening behind the car and what's happening has changed. It was really, really crafty. Yes, and all the while there's there's twists and turns and explosions and I mean you know everyone always equates like the French Connection to having the best car chase scene. I mean this is up there. This is really up there. Just in this one little snippet, this like three minute sequence. Here's what I liked about it a lot. Um, just as a, a film nerd, is that the whole thing is taking place at Christmas time, and they clearly did an intentional like christmas antics version of a car chase scene like this was their home alone you know breaking into the house scene with the you had the uh trans-siberian orchestra (laughs) playing in the background you've got the like goo bomb uh arrows and the arrow that (laughs) made it grab all those christmas trees and pull it into the car like it was it was totally ridiculous but also just really really fun it was it was i love that at some point um, Clint Barton was like, Hey, can I get some of those cool, uh, psychedelic, uh, arrows and like put them all in his quiver yeah. and was ready to roll. I mean, did we, did we ever get any kind of sense that that was happening? No, no, I don't think so. And I think, you know, to date we haven't seen a ton of different arrow variants from cliff outside of a few exploding tip arrows, a few grapple arrows, things like that. But Nothing the likes of what we saw in this episode with the the pin particle arrow, the the sludge bomb arrow, you know, all these different things. So this was a this was a good twist. It was. I wonder if we'll see any kind of connection there. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe it gets caught on like uh, on like a news channel, and then maybe uh, it gets played somewhere, and I can see some like quips coming from. <laughs> <laughs> from Scott Lang, like, hey, uh, nice job on those arrows, <laughs> you know, something like that, yeah. or even Michael Douglas, right? So I think there's there's something that they're that they'll be able to connect later on. I was just making sure I didn't miss it in the in the background no. here. So those those arrows were just really really fantastic, um, incredible fight scene. The hearing aid, you know, Hawkeye's missing his family. Uh, that was heartfelt because you have Kate Bishop who's like acting as his interpreter um, as he's trying to pretend over the phone that he's not. Uh, that he can't hear his own son and then just absolutely heartbreaking in that moment as well. Um, What do you think about the family? What do you think? uh, Is he going to get home? Is he going to actually get home or is it going to, are they going to come to him? He will as any good Christmas movie ever has lots of antics, but at the end of the day, they get home mission accomplished. I feel like that's the kind of series we're gearing up for here. This isn't going to be the kind of series like a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where you have this very like sobering sort of finale with lots of, you know, theming and messaging and things like that. It's going to be fun, feel good, heartfelt finale. And I think that's what we need right now during the holiday season. 
Beautiful. That's so true. This and that's, you know, going back to the arrows, we didn't really need explanation for it. Just the tone and concept of this series is like, yeah, whatever. That This is great. Go for it. But you can't do that with every series. You can't do that with every movie. You have to lock in on the tone. And from episode one, beat one, we had that. I mean, there was no question as to what kind of uh, experience we were going to have. And that's what's so great that I'm loving about this series. We're three episodes in. Are there Six, only six, six episodes, right? Yes, yeah, so we're halfway through already. Yeah. Oh man, my heart's breaking a little. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, a hundred percent. This series knows what it is, and there's there's so much power behind that. It gives you such a clarity with the narrative, the art direction, everything just ties together so much better. And that's why I feel like I've just really enjoyed these first three episodes because it's not trying to be anything that it's not, and it's just really grounded. They're keeping it basic. They're keeping it light. Uh, it's you know, it's been really well executed so far, I think, through these first three episodes. Yeah, and they know that Hawkeye in the MCU is a secondary and sometimes, I always get this word wrong, tertiary character. Yeah. You know, sometimes he steps forward, steps back. He is an Avenger. He he does have important critical moments, but ultimately he's not one of the big hitters because of his abilities, even though strong and great. So it's awesome that they weren't trying to be like, listen, Jeremy Renner is the next lead here. He's taken over Captain America's role or he's taken over Thor's presence. Like that's not who he is. And yep. that's exactly what the MC knew going into this. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right. And then at the end of this episode, crazy stuff happens. They're putting pieces together. They're doing some detective work and we see them typing on the computer in Kate Bishop's apartment and her mom's and Tony, uh, that's his real name, Jack, Jack uh, yeah. just <laughs> comes around the corner with that retractable Ronin sword and has it to Clint's neck. Yep. End of scene. No post credit scene. I was like, what? They're what? big on the really? cliffhangers in this in this show so far. I think every episode has had a cliffhanger of sorts because yes. episode one was the, you're Hawkeye, you know, that scene. Episode two was Maya, and then episode three was this. So they're, they're, they've got the art of the cliffhanger nailed here. Yes, and so... We're, we're just waiting on what what episode four is going to open up like. I Now it's time to speculate. Let's get yeah. straight into the crumbs. Sure. Is, are we going to open up directly with a big fight scene or are we going to get our two heroes tied up again? So it's a good question. I mean, the question you have to ask is, does Jack know that Kate's in the house? Um, mm. Because he only, he only comes toe-to-toe with Clint. Maybe if he entered the house around the same time, that Kate and Clint came in. He doesn't know that she's there. If so, maybe he only squares off with Clint and then Kate comes in for the assist. I don't know. Kate is talking to Clint like out loud whenever he runs into Jack. So it's possible that that's not the case, but they certainly have to pick up right where they left off there. There's no real wiggle room unless they throw in some goofy scene with the tracksuit mafia or something and then switch over. But, um, it's going to be one of those two things. They either fight it out right there and get to the bottom of it, or they get captured again and have to figure their way out of another sticky situation. I, I think it's 50, 50, right? I'm leaning towards getting captured again because I think it'll play into more humor. Like, yeah, here we are again. Well, and <laughs> you know? the point there, Kirk is it could be the, the mother reveal. You know, we, we sort of uh... theorize that the mom might be in on this. If they get captured again by Jack, and it's revealed that the mom was in on this whole situation, then that's, you know, that takes things up a notch. 
Yep, tied up again. We get some monologuing going on by Jack, and then Vera walks in, shocked at first, and then reveals herself. I like that take. I like it a lot. That would be really, really incredible. Let's talk about um, Kingpin a little yeah. bit more and what that brings to the table. Um, obviously, we have Maya, that she's connected to him. Um, yeah. She, You see when he pinches her cheek as a child in that flashback uh, opening sequence, she's very happy with him. Like she's very comforted by him, very comfortable with him. She's like, yeah, take me home, uncle. This is great. So even though, um, even though she is the reason that her father is dead, um, because her father was in with the kingpin and, you know, because Ronan had to rectify and take out people, um, she doesn't really understand that aspect of it because all she knows of Kingpin was that he was a provider. He was um, helping her family uh, no matter what. So uh, where does this turn? Does, does Hawkeye have to convince her of this? Does he know about Kingpin? Where, where do we lie here in hell's kitchen? There's a lot to unpack with Maya. So between our last recording and now I have flash read a ton of echo (laughs) material just to get caught up on where things are at. Because like I, like I said, I wasn't ultra familiar with the character. Um, Most of her, most of her character development and, and sort of upbringing as a character comes in the daredevil comics. I think it's, I'll throw the number whenever I do the video editing, but daredevil 51, it's like 2003. They tell her origin story. What's interesting here is, you know, the hit that kills her dad in this show appears to be Ronan, right? Is there any chance that it's not Ronan? Is there any chance that it's Jack? Because I feel like, I feel like probably not because, because Jeremy Renner or, you know, Clint, he does say that, that Ronan hit the mafia with her dad in it. Like he does say that. And so, and it appeared to be Ronan for all intents and purposes. But I was wondering if there was some way for it to be a reveal with Jack because it's a swordsman, you know, like could it potentially be him that actually yeah. did it? And that's how she ends up on their side because she's like, no, it's you, you know? And maybe if, you know, we're seeing that replay through her head, we're seeing that through her eyes, the replay of, of that whole situation. Maybe she's filled in that it's Ronan because of the other stuff that was going on with Ronan hitting these other gangs. And maybe when she sees Jack or sees the swordsman, it's going to be like all coming back to her. And it's like, boom, it was actually you. Um, but besides all that, in the comics, it's interesting. So she is Team Kingpin. You know, she's she's his you know, adopted daughter for lack of a better term. He's, he's kind of her godfather in a way after her father dies. But what happens is he sends her after Matt Murdock and he tells her that that daredevil Matt Murdock was responsible for the death of her father. Mm-hmm. When in reality it was actually Kingpin who called the hit that God, her father killed. So she goes to try to kill daredevil. She falls in love with daredevil. They have a relationship. And then, she figures out that it was actually the kingpin behind it the whole time. And she flips over. She becomes part of the new Avengers. She becomes part of the defenders and becomes a hero from henceforth. So the comic book origin doesn't appear to be the same, but there are some things that could carry over, right? It could end up that, you know, if swordsman did kill her father, maybe kingpin was the one who called the hit. And if so, then we're pretty close to where the comics were at, but let's just say it is Ronan, um, 
you know, there's still a way for her to get to resolution in this series. Hawkeye will have Hawkeye definitely at some point feels that he has to, you know, get his consequences for the whole Ronin scenario. And maybe through that somehow echo ends up on team Hawkeye. There's a lot of ground that could be covered, but Kingpin is definitely somewhere lurking in the background here. Yeah. I wonder if there's also a a possibility where, you know, Ronan has to have leads, right? He has to have basically CIs to get his, his, his Intel. So what if he is either hooked up with Kingpin and he, that was a greater threat than Kingpin was at the time of what he was after, or he was hooked up with Jack. Maybe he already knows Jack. Yeah. Maybe that, that, then he's going to like retract that sword and be like, Hey, it's been a long time, Ronan. Yeah, absolutely. Haley Steinfeld hears. Yeah. There's a lot of ways they could go with it. I think the other thing is Kingpin is new to the MCU. So it could be that people don't know that he's bad yet. You know, like maybe he hasn't shown his true colors because, you know, Kingpin. Part of what makes the Kingpin so dangerous is that he's a political force to be reckoned with. Like he has people on his side, good people on his side who think that he's doing what's right. Right. Um, right. And that's what makes him such a, such a force is the fact that, you know, generally people are behind him because they see the good that he does and he thinks he's doing good. You know, he's a, he's a great villain because of that. So there's definitely a situation where Clint thinks he's a good guy. Echo thinks he's a good guy. Um, you know, swordsman, whoever, and it's just a matter of ironing all of that out. But I, my favorite theory is, it was actually Swordsman who killed her dad. Swordsman was, you know, a hitman called in by Kingpin to clean up some mess. And that all comes to fruition through this discovery by Kate and Clint. And then it's Echo, Kate, Clint, all against Swordman, Swordsman and the Kingpin, you know, to end the series. That would be my the, preferred route. This is crazy. Yeah, th- this little ball of just like, so many different threads that could be pulled from it uh much like the the bigger mcu yeah. we have kang we we have all of these different options you have the you have the eternals you have with their their god right you know we have all the celestial we have all of these different threads of big bads kind of everywhere and we don't know which way they're going because it's just chaos right chaos magic it's all so unpredictable which is very right for phase four because we can't put our finger on it we almost can but kevin feige you mastermind you it's nuts it's ambitious too it's 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 really ambitious right. <laughs> so i hope it, i hope point, it works you have to give us answers and if you don't then it falls apart right so yeah i i still trust them enough to do it but it is so exciting to watch this play out as well um i want to talk about a speculation in the daredevil world um did you watch all three seasons of daredevil i did yes awesome so and did you watch all of the defenders all but i didn't make it through iron fist that's okay did you watch the defenders uh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yes or was iron fist the last of it after that i think i think iron fist came before defenders what about season two? Well, whatever, you yeah. know, semantics. What I want to talk about is Electra. Yes. Nachos, yeah. Yeah. Because sure. uh, Daredevil's main squeeze 
um, in like the original storyline. And she is killed in Daredevil, but then she is resurrected by the hand, uh, the secret, you know, kind of surreal supernatural group that like summons some like dark magic to, to get, to get things back in order whenever they see fit. And if there's, there could be a love triangle here between Electra and uh, and Maya and Matt Murdock when Matt Murdock enters the story here. Um, do we think Electra can come back into the fold? If she does, do we think we see her in this series in Hawkeye? Electra can definitely come back into the fold. Can definitely. Um, it has comics backing. In fact, that whole thing with the hand resurrection using the dark magic situation that all happens in the comics as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely at play. I think, I think it'll be interesting. It, it's interesting to, to know that all of, well, to know that at least Matt Murdock is canon, but what it does is it is, it opens up a bunch of questions, which is, is that daredevil series MCU canon or is it just that Charlie Cox will play daredevil in the MCU? Do they have Mm -hmm. to reset anything with that? If he's, you know, MCU canon, does that mean Vincent D'Onofrio is our kingpin? Does it mean that all of these other, you know, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, like does all of that tie in? I mean, at this point there's really no indication of that. Um, and I think that in some ways Marvel is thankful for those Netflix shows, but in other ways wants to distance themselves from the bad ones. Mm-hmm. So it'll be very interesting, but I mean, it's certainly at a point where we can't rule anything out. Um, mm-hmm. And, and Maya and Electra have deep, deep ties in the comics uh, throughout that whole situation. They go toe to toe. So, yeah, it's it's on the table. It's on the table for sure. I th- I think you definitely want in your next Avengers a Luke Cage fighting whoever is in your way because your boy's indestructible. So yeah. <laughs> let him come in. Jessica Jones is a fighter. Um, obviously, Charlie Cox is a baller with everything he does. Just a master martial artist. So um, that's th- just having seeing them come back into the fold is just so exciting because at least those those characters from the Defenders they did right. And who knows, maybe they can maybe they can swap out Iron Fist for someone else to join. I'm sure there was yeah. some changeouts there along the line. Yeah, and and what's interesting is that with the hand, it's. Maya actually gets killed and then revived by the hand at some point oh. in the comics too. And the reason that they do it is to try to make her under the control of the hand. So like she's fighting for good. She gets killed. They revive her and they're like, we're going to use our dark magic so that she can be, um, you know, one of us. And that ends up being the case where echo is sort of fighting back and forth between like, being good and fighting off this dark magic and stuff until uh, Doctor Strange gets involved. Oh my gosh. And Doctor Strange gets involved and actually Iron Fist gets involved too and they reverse the, you know, the spell that's put on her so that she's no longer beholden to the hand. So there's, there's, you know, Echo, that's the thing that's interesting about Echo. If you look at the whole Marvel, you know, comic, it's massive, the web, even you know, a hundred times more massive than the MCU, but Maya would not be considered a major character. You know, Echo would not be considered a major hero. She doesn't have a ton of appearances. She doesn't have her own comic book series, all of this stuff, but she does have ties to 
all sorts of people, including she's tied to the secret invasion event. You know, we know they're making a secret oh. invasion show. She's tied to, you know, she lives in the Sanctum Sanctorum for a while with Dr. Strange because she's got nowhere else to go. She's tied to the defender. She's tied to Hawkeye. You know, like there's huge implications for this character and we know she's getting her own show too. So there's, if they if they want to stay on the comics line, there's a ton of material there for them to play with and sort of tweak for the purposes of the MCU. That's what's so cool about this character in particular. I feel like with all the other series, uh, the MCU series, we've had these introductions to characters and they're killed off within the same series. Yep. Or they are sent off in an airplane, you know, to like, All right, bye, I'm going to Istanbul. You know, like this character is, I didn't realize how significant she was in that she's not going anywhere. At the right. end of this series, we she has her other series, but she very well may end up in on the big screen because that we can't t- uh, continue the story without her, which is super exciting, super exciting. Absolutely. And, you know, we're definitely moving toward, at least I think we're moving toward a place where there's not just one Avengers team. You know, there's all these different teams. And when you look at the comics, you've got new Avengers, you've got the classic Avengers, you've got West coast Avengers, young Avengers. And right now, people from all of those different teams have been, you know, either already introduced or hinted at or, you know, cast and not yet seen on the screen. Like it's all there. So there, there's a ton of different directions they could go to make this thing really massive, man, man. I don't know how deep the rabbit hole it sounds from the listeners view, but I've just been super excited about this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope you have been listening with eager ears as well. Is there anything else you want to drop right now, Cam? No, I just, you know, like you said, we're halfway through the show and we have all those different threads moving in different directions. There's a lot to cover. I think in the past, we've we've felt this way with each MCU show at the halfway point and they've always sort of through the back half picked one thread and gone, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so the real question that we're at now and maybe that question gets answered in episode four this week is which thread are they going to follow and, and will they cut the other threads loose and, and kind of say, this is the focus of the show or will the show end open-ended? I think that's definitely possible too. Last prediction. Does Ronan get called out as Hawkeye in this next episode to Haley Steinfeld or anyone? Yeah. Yeah. His time's up. He's it's yeah. The walls are closing in around him. Yep. So it's it's gotta happen. I lied. One last prediction. Do you think Haley already knows that he's Ronan? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think she knows. I think she's just like, she's she's very new to this world and is just sort of, everything that happens to her is new information. So I think she's totally in the dark. I like it. I like it. Yeah. That, it, she'll be devastated when she finds out. She really will. She it's going to be. be it's going to be some waterworks and some, maybe some fight, maybe some fight. Yeah, she might be throw, throwing crap at him. Who knows? <laughs> For sure. It'll be interesting. It could be fun. Well, guys, that's episode three, episode three of Hawkeye. Only three to go, four, five, and six. That was Echoes. We want to hear what you have to say about this episode. Are you watching? Are you enjoying? Who's your favorite character? Do you like Echo? Are you excited about Kingpin? Are you excited about Matt Murdock coming back into the fold? What is going on with this show? (laughs) Catch us next week. We're going to play us out with our original music from our special team, Rhetoric, played by our brother-in-law and his buddy in their band, Cam. I'll see you next time. Peace out.